0: We got track news for you. We have ads now, as you might have noticed. You don't want ads? Well, for as little as $2 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon and not only get ad-free episodes, but you get all of our episodes the moment I get done making them, instead of having to wait like everybody else for them to trickle down. Mm. Like a big fat load from all your holes (laughs) once Daddy gets done with you. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. Uh, And also, you get all of our episodes in stereo high quality. Oh. Which uh, means it actually almost sounds like you're in the room with us, especially if you have good, uh, like, uh, stereoscopic kind of headphones like uh, AirPods Pro. Mm. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, it's also very disturbing if you're me, and it's like, am I in the room with me again? <laughs> very yeah.
1: confusing. You don't want to be in the room with me. No. Like, no. no. Especially <laughs> especially after
0: you ate all that broccoli slaw.
1: Exactly. You know, so- Britt's in the room with me, and... Regrets it every day.
0: <laughs> oh, it's like a <laughs> steam room just full of wet farts. <laughs> um, so also if you pay uh five dollars or more for the big dumb idiot tier, uh, we mention your name on the podcast and say thank you. Cool, cool, cool. To people like Dan Morrison, Dylan Lance, Joanna Hearn, Jordan Hale, Nick Savard, and Shane Sawyer. Hmm. One of those people took me up on my offer for dick pics. Oh, hell yeah. So, yeah, pretty pretty spicy. You get to guess which one. No, you don't guess which one.
1: Yeah, but which one. You. If you guess which one, you get a free <laughs>
0: You get a free dick pic yeah. <laughs> that you'll get anyway if you just ask nicely. <laughs> um, so uh, all those folks are awesome and deserve yeah. a nice back rub. So if you're listening to this in, or in any position to give them a nice back rub
1: yeah, for him. why not do it? Yeah. Do something nice for somebody. Yeah, it's the holiday season. Yeah. So, yeah, give a back rub. Uh, ask for it.
0: say, hey, can I give you a back rub? You look yeah. you look, like you look like you could use a nice back rub. Do this, Everyone's always holding a little tension in their shoulders, you know? Yeah, it's uh, true. Except for, uh, you know, some people get too many massages, like, say, uh, Jeffrey Epstein.
1: Yeah, he, he got in trouble for having too many. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I
0: think uh, Elon tried a little thing with a massage there, didn't he?
1: Oh uh, well, yeah! Well, Did he, like, he exposed himself
0: to someone. He tried
1: to get a hand job. Yeah, and that's that's a uh, that's why he offered to buy a girl a horse Hell yeah. because he, um,
0: which is the craziest thing you can possibly do. Like, does he not? He just doesn't fucking understand money. He's that privileged that he does not understand the concept of money, how it's used. He
1: doesn't like, understand how sex workers
0: work, <laughs> and he do, yeah, he doesn't understand how like a fucking like a horse works. Yeah, like giving someone a horse that's not going to be cool for them like yeah you gave them a quarter of a million dollar horse do you know how expensive it is to house a horse yeah to she, maintain doesn't, a horse? she obviously doesn't live on a fucking ranch so yeah. she has to have it housed she has to have it fed every day mm-hmm. on a ranch like fucking what are you doing yeah what are you doing yeah offer her a car <laughs> Yeah, offer her
1: cash cash a horse or yeah he's just like yeah he, ex- yeah, he exposed her- himself to her and on, on his plane so yeah, almost yeah. Epstein in the air.
0: So well, Epstein also had a private jet. He did. Yeah. Uh, once again, that's Patreon.com/slash/dumbidiotbs. That's dumb idiot, and then the letters bs, which also happen to be my initials. Yes. Neato. Neat. Neato completo. So trek news for the week. Uh, you got any new things in your trek world this week? Have you been jerking off to anything new trek related? Any blue women besides navvies?
1: Hmm. There was a lot of navvy cheeks in that. No. Oh,
0: them cheeks be clapping. They were. They were. They they, were. they be. They be. They don't have booties though. They just got these thin little rail asses. So yeah. they be doing like a golf clap. Yeah, they do have little little tiny booties. I, I like a tiny booty. Though. Yeah, I, I like a I like a tall slender. <laughs> I, like, I like them twinky.
1: Yeah. So you were looking. You you, boys, you were- boys,
0: girls. That's why, you're bookin- boys, That's why you're booking a flight girls? to
1: Pandora. You're just like, let, oh, me, hey. at let oh, me at him. Let me at him. I just,
0: just want to be launched into space. Okay? Yeah. I don't care if I reach Pandora. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, in some sad Trek news, we're going to start it out on a down note and work, work up our way, uh, get, get happier from there. Gabrielle Beaumont, the first woman to direct an episode of Star Trek, has passed away this week. I oh, don't know. So, last year, uh, they celebrated... Uh, uh, no, we're gonna. So, according to the Hollywood Reporter, Beaumont died peacefully in her home in Spain on October 8th
1: of this year. Oh, cool. She's living in Spain. That's yeah. pretty awesome. So,
0: after Beaumont's work on British horror films, Erin uh, Spelling hired her to direct television episodes, and she went on to, to uh, work on many series, including MASH, Hill Street Blues, and Law and Order. Hmm. Beaumont became the first woman to direct an episode of Star Trek, uh, which was Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, for their season three entry, Booby Trap, which is actually kind of crazy to me that like, mm. th- they went like 150 episodes before actually getting a woman to direct an episode.
1: Yeah, that's wild.
0: Yeah, right. And also, the name of the episode is Booby Trap, which I find <laughs> particularly kind of, uh, I don't know, darkly coincidental, maybe. Yeah, they're
1: like, we need a woman to direct this. It like, says booby on it. Who knows? Who knows boobies better? Yeah. Mm.
0: So in all, she directed seven episodes of TNG, one episode of DS9, oh, and cool. one episode of Voyager. Nice. Um, yep. In 1986, Beaumont received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Directing in a Drama Series for Hill Street Blues. Mm. And that's about it. R.I.P. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. G- good job. I don't really remember Booby Trap, but hopefully it was good. Hopefully you didn't fuck yeah. up. I mean, they brought her back to direct like nine more episodes. Of the yeah. Series, so she couldn't have been that bad, right? Yeah. Maybe we'll watch it someday. Maybe we'll review it. I'm sure yeah. we will. Yeah. We'll see. So, alrighty. righty. Uh, moving on in Trek news, some lighter news here. So IDW, who makes Star Trek comics, is celebrating the 30th anniversary of Star Trek DS9 with a Dog of War miniseries.
1: Mm. It's got that dog in him. Got that dog in him. What the dog doing? <laughs>
0: Uh, so, according to this article, uh, 2023 will mark the 30th anniversary of Star Trek DS9, and IDW Publishing is going to be celebrating with a brand new comic miniseries telling a, quote-unquote, lost episode of mm.
1: DS9. Oh, sick. Uh,
0: called The Dogs of War. So, IDW's new five-issue DS9 comic miniseries, uh, titled DS9, The Dogs of War, will kick off, or sorry, The Dog of War, will kick off in April 2023. It marks the comic book debut of novelist Michael Chen, who wrote Star Wars Brotherhood, here and now and then, uh, who is being partnered with veteran Star Trek comic artist Angel Hernandez, who did Star Trek Picard Stargazer and Star Trek Discovery Adventures in the 20th or 32nd century. Hmm. Together, they are creating a, quote, lost episode set within the timeline of the original DS9 series. Here is the official synopsis of the comic series. <clears throat> in the new miniseries, an extremely rare pure-blood Peerbred Corgi from Earth makes its way aboard DS Nine <laughs> when Quark cuts a deal to procure it for a potential buyer. Which I, at first I was like, "What?" And then yeah. Quark, I'm like, "Oh, yeah." Uh, after all, a Ferengi without profit is no Ferengi at all. Exactly. Um, I think that's uh, sixteen or eighteen. Mm, yeah. Uh, mm. The the um, rule of acquisition sixteen. Yeah, or
1: 18. that's that's so funny that there's still like uh like rare purebred dogs. Mm. But again, I guess I mean you know Archer had at his beagle.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's weird that they couldn't just like clone that.
1: Or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that would that would I guess like dogs are the future of NST, mm. NFTs.
0: But uh, but the corgi named Latnum, which is great, comes with unexpected cargo that shakes Captain Benjamin Cisco to the core, a Borg component discovered by a crew sent to undercover Cardassian technology after the station's reoccupation. Mm. When editor Heather Santos asked if I like DS nine, my reply was, You mean the greatest TV show ever made? said Chen in a statement, which I, I already like this guy. Yeah. I already like that guy. We're, we're, I, I don't I don't care if he's lying about this. Yeah. Just like willing to go out on a limb and lie about DS nine that that strongly. I, I respect it. I
1: mean fuck it. Ain't wrong. Ain't wrong. Yeah, yeah. I lied. I cheated. I bribed (laughs) comic book
0: writers. (laughs) I am absolutely ecstatic to hang out with DS9's crew, and I hope that this story touches on all of the characters and intensity that made the show so powerful and great. Cisco's history with the Borg, the Dominion War, Garrick's great outfits, Mm -hmm. bring back Garrick, uh, Jadzia being Jadzia, Miles in Julian's holosuite adventures, and so much more. Also, Quark gets a dog. (laughs) <laughs> and if, if that doesn't earn your latinum, I don't know what will. I yeah. just like this guy. This guy's writing. The guy already. rocks. Yeah, he fucking, dudes rock. This guy rocks. <laughs> uh, entering the world of Deep Space Nine means discovering new nuances, new creatures, and new situations that are a wonderful visual and artistic challenge, says Hernandez, the artist. I sincerely hope the fans get swept up in this Trek project, one overflowing with incredible ideas and very much keeping in the spirit of the TV show. Hmm. Um, quote, Deep Space Nine is the defining Star Trek show for an entire generation of fans. So to be able to tell an additional episode in comic form for the series 30th anniversary is extra special, says Star Trek senior editor Heather Antos in the announcement statement. Mike Chen's passion for the crew of this celebrated space station is unprecedented and no one knows the visual world of Star Trek quite like Angel Hernandez. Plus, who wouldn't want dogs in Star Trek? Great point. Yeah. I mean, Also, look at this cover. Just look at that cover. That's incredible. That rules so hard. I'd get a tattoo of that. Maybe it's <laughs> it's quark, it's quark holding uh, like there's a dog there and uh, yeah, it's the corgi. It's oh, my God. Do you want to know what the, the fucking corgi's collar says? Huh. Come to quarks. Quarks is fun. Come right now. Don't walk. Run.
1: That's awesome. That's
0: amazing. Like, Uh,
1: if they could have had Quark have a Corgi in the series... uh, That
0: would have fucked hard. That
1: would have been amazing.
0: Right. So he has... uh, The dog's name is Latinum, and Mm. the dog has a strip of Latinum in his mouth, and Quark's like holding it, trying to get it away from the dog.
1: I need to go pick these comics up. Honestly,
0: I'm interested in this one. The the other one where, like, Cisco is, like, fucking Mm -hmm. defending the gods from being killed or whatever, I was like, eh, this... This is silly, and I like it. And it's like a, just a DS nine story. It, it, yeah. It's not trying to expand anything or anything really. With it, one of the
1: best characters, is, is,
0: it's just Quark getting a dog, which is like yeah. I kind of need that in my life. It's just like it's so low stakes, and it's not trying to be anything. I think more th- than it is. Mm-hmm. And I just already like this this writer, his attitude, very it, good.
1: It does make sense, like yeah, if you're going to do like um do like an uh like a lost episode that what really that? has no like story impact on the rest of the thing. Like, why not have, like, a Quark story? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, we're him doing something silly.
0: So, uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Dog of War number one, will be available in April with several variant covers, including cover A by series artist Angel Hernandez, uh, a wraparound cover B by Chris Finoglio, featuring the cast of Star Trek Lower Decks, and cover C by longtime My Little Pony artist, Andrew Prince. (laughs) Connecting with covers across all five issues to create an amazing diorama of DS9 characters with look-alike canine companions.
1: Oh yeah, I just found another tr- another cover. Yeah, where that he's, sounds
0: pretty sick as well, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah where he's like, uh, uh, the uh, qu- oh, yeah, yeah. platinum is in uh in Cisco's lap. And <laughs> so, uh,
0: the series will also include special retailer incentive covers, including a black and white variant of Hernandez's cover and two DS9 schematic variants with and without trade dress. Mm. So yeah, that'll be coming out in April, which is uh, pretty, I'm actually kind of excited for that one. Right like, around the corner. Yeah, we've, we've talked about some Star Trek comics on here and stuff, and yeah. honestly, none of them have really piqued my interest up until now. I kind of want to read Dog of War. Sounds yeah. good. Seems cute. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We love dogs, don't we folks? Yeah. We fucking love dogs. They're great. Yeah. Who doesn't love dogs? Monsters. 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 Probably. All right, moving on to a weird place that crosses somewhere between real news and Trek news. Uh-oh. Got an article here from um, University of Maryland Today. Oh, hey. Uh, yeah, saying, um, can a University of Maryland algorithm understand Star Trek aliens? Mm. Starts here, from the Elvish and other languages spoken in Lord of the Rings to Dothraki and Game of Thrones, successful fantasy and science fiction franchises have frequent, uh, frequently feature their own real but constructed languages. These creations often have many of the same syntactic or semantic features as commonly spoken languages, and some, such as Klingon from Star Trek, have been extensively developed, complete with online dictionaries and translators. Now, a leading University of Maryland expert in natural language processing, also called NLP, a subfield that combines linguistics, computer science, and artificial intelligence to better understand the interactions between computers and languages, is giving another Star Trek language the NLP treatment, in the first study of its type, this is not to be uh, confused with MLP, which is where you—My you
1: Little a, Pony, where you fill a jar of cum. Yes, with horses. <laughs>
0: um, so, uh, computer science associate professor Jordan boyd grape a lifelong truckie known for incorporating Klingon into class NLP assignments collaborated with University of Arizona assistant professor Peter A. Jansen to investigate machine translation of Temerian with mm. a collection of translated English to Temerian phrases. Like the fictional language itself, it's anything but a straightforward task. Instead of direct references, Star Trek's Temerians speak in metaphorical references grounded in stories that, like symbols, have learned associations with their true meaning. For example, instead of saying, I want to give this to you, a Temerian would say, Temba, his arms wide. Mm -hmm. Uh, this unusual structure poses a challenge for both the characters and the automated translation systems aboard the Enterprise D likewise the Temerians cannot understand Captain Jean-Luc Picard's straightforward use of language yeah Mm. straightforward to you you Terran-centric bitch (laughs) Uh, pretty racist to that guy yeah so first the researchers created his Maryland. So. Yeah, Maryland. Uh, first, the researchers created a dictionary of 50 Temerian phrases paired with uh, 456 parallel Eng- English phrases that captured the inferred meaning of each Temerian phrase. Almost half of them were gleaned from a Reddit thread, where the rest came from context clues and tie-in novels from the Star Trek universe. They discovered that their machine translation system had a 76% accuracy <laughs> rating in translating English phrases to Temerian metaphorical utterances. hmm our results, sorry, quote, our results suggest that automatically translating metaphor-grounded languages may be feasible, but it is extremely difficult, unquote, said Boyd Grabber, hmm. who has appointments in the College of Information Studies, uh, also known as the I School, <laughs> and the University of Maryland Institute for Advanced Computer Studies. Hmm. While Tumerian is a fictional languages, the researchers said that their paper demonstrates large language models, abilities, and li- limitations. They also discuss what it would take to grow Tamarian or a similar language into a more complex artificial language like Klingon and how their work can help computers, which work best with literal language, but understand metaphors like between a rock and a hard place. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what we do with that. There's nothing really funny about that. I just find, I kind of found that interesting. Yeah,
1: that's that's pretty fascinating. Like, yeah, I mean, and plus, like, you know, that, like, different cultures have different sayings. Gape gloves. Is <laughs> Gape gloves. Her ass wide. Yeah. So it would be fun, yeah, you know, just, like, you know, when people are curious about what a certain phrase means in a different culture, like, it could just be like, it means this. Like, okay, cool. And if we ever do come across Tamarians who speak completely in metaphor, which I doubt because I don't see like a warp capable species that being like a rich enough.
0: And they <laughs> yeah, they yeah, they, yeah, they just speak in fucking <laughs> like, like fables.
1: Is there a metaphor for like, you know, like, um, eject the warp core or like, or just or, like, like they're, they're doing do like, something very specific or, or translate like, math. Like how yeah, I was going to say
0: like, yeah, advanced mathematics, like how many captain, um, ooh, how do I put this? Or, or they would, or the were, moon when it soared, uh, over one
1: moon circles the other. <laughs> dude, like, That's, the yeah. dude, dude, like the hydrogen thing. Yeah, it just, it would just, it would make like, yeah, any sort of like science that much worse. Like, just having to like also have to translate some sort of like hidden mm. meaning. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: All right, moving on in Trek news this week. Uh, according to this article at trekmovie.com, the source for everything new in Trek, showrunner hints at casting for Captain of USS Titan in Star Trek Picard Season 3. You oh, are you shit. okay with your hair there? No, oh, yeah, I'm just playing with it. Okay. I feel like you're like trying to set up dreadlocks or something. Over no, there. no, you're no. Bra- braiding your hair? Oh, are you trying to braid it like a navvy? No, I'm just, Try- just... Trying just... to make a uh, fucking hair penis? I'm just playing with it. I think you're trying to make a hair penis.
1: Um, I like making a hair dick. Yeah. Anyway, so have, <laughs> good, good luck with your hair penis there. Thank you. Uh,
0: So one of the unknowns for the upcoming third and final season of Star Trek Picard is who will be playing the captain the, of the USS Titan. Now there could be an answer from showrunner Terry Metalis tied to his previous show, 12 Monkeys. Ooh,
1: well, yeah, I didn't watch the show 12 Monkeys.
0: I've heard it was good. My brother loved it.
1: Yeah, it had um Benny who was in The Mummy. Like, he played the cowardly guy with the pencil-thin mustache. Did did it also have
0: the Jets or just Benny? (laughs) Benny and the Jets! Bum, 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 okay. Um, Captain Todd? The Star Trek Day uh, teaser for Picard Season 3 first revealed the USS Titan A, the 25th century Starfleet ship that will be the main ship for the season. That trailer showed seven of nine in her new Starfleet-commissioned rank of commander serving as the first officer for the Titan A. Even though there are a number of Star Trek Next Generation veterans joining in Season 3, including Jonathan Frakes' as Captain Riker, who was captain of the previous Titan in a September interview with Trek Movie, Metalis said the Titan A's captain was a new and yet-to-be-announced character, mm. saying, quote, That captain is also a major character. It's not a character you've ever seen before, and you'll be hearing more about the Titan A from this captain and it's an actor that i'm very very fond of uh, which makes me wonder who that is mm. um so uh yeah also how did how did 7 of 9 get into starfleet yeah literally they say in like the first season she wasn't allowed into starfleet she applied and they rejected her like when she came back to earth from from voyager which doesn't make any sense because mm. She was ostensibly a member of Starfleet that entire time. And she helped them out of so many jams. She'd be the first former Borg in Starfleet. She could provide like so much to Starfleet. Why would Starfleet say no to that? That's insane. And
1: they accepted Ickob.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, right.
1: Ica was in uh in fucking Starfleet and like why not seven of nine? Yeah, that doesn't make sense.
0: It's almost as though the first season of Picard and the second season, but we're not <laughs> talking about that. The first season of Picard <laughs> was written by a fucking idiot.
1: Yeah, almost by by doofuses, just absolute morons. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I feel like the f- the first two seasons of Picard were them actually testing out the. Uh, Monkeys and typewriters theory.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they're like... 12 monkeys with typewriters. Hey! All right, we're shutting it
0: down. We're too (laughs) clever for y'all. That's the fucking... The episode's over. Podcast is over. (laughs) We're going big time. (laughs) So now it looks like we may be able to put a face to that captain. When a fan suggested that the actor who played Deacon on 12 Monkeys, who is Todd Stashwick, which is just a great name, Uh, would make a good starship Captain Picard, Metallus quote tweeted it and said, now that's a good idea, with a knowing smirk emoji. Metallus can't fucking keep it in his pants. No. Like, this dude is just, like, pulling out his dick, and he's like, look at this dick! (laughs) Look at his cock! Like, shut up, dude. Um, Metallus was the executive producer and showrunner on the sci-fi time travel series 12 Monkeys, which included Stashwick in the cast. Hmm. Metallus previously confirmed that he had quote, definitely added a member of the 12 Monkeys cast to season three of Picard. And so far, no other actors associated with 12 Monkeys have been officially named as part of season three for Picard. Mm. Todd Stashwick is a veteran actor, char- uh, character actor appearing in all sorts of shows made in the last 20 years. He even appeared once before on Star Trek Enterprise. During the fourth season, Vulcan arc, Stashwick played a Romulan posing as a Vulcan named Talok. Mm. Uh, which is pretty fucking cool. That's you. What are you doing?
1: Oh, I was going, I was looking at an movie database.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's an automatic, turn off your sound. There
1: we go. <laughs> yeah, sorry. What I are was, you doing? <laughs> it was. I went to the, I went to look up Stashwick and um, oh yeah, there he
0: is. Yep. So the above tweet exchange came in a reply to a tweet from Stashwick on Sunday wishing Metallus a happy birthday and saying he would love to work together again adding I owe you big time much love. Uh, the um, tweet from Stashwick says, the biggest happy birthday to the wickedly talented Terry Metalis with whom I've had the good fortune to share in many, many adventures on screen and off, and I'd do it again. (coughs) Uh, For now, this is all unconfirmed, but the clues seem to be adding up to Todd Stashwick playing the captain of the USS Titan A. We may have even seen Stashwick being thrown around the bridge during a very brief action sequence from the Star Trek Day trailer. We will probably know more by the time the next trailer is released. The third and final season of Star Trek Picard premieres on Thursday, February 16th, 2023, exclusively on Paramount Plus in the U.S., with new episodes of the 10-episode long season available to stream weekly every single Thursday. Can't
1: come quick enough and be over with.
0: <laughs> we will be, I mean, as we do with all new Trek, we will be uh, reviewing all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless one of us committed suicide during the middle of it. Me first, me first. I would not blame either of us. You know what? Suicide packed, brother. All right. Like especially I mean, it's it's gonna be bad, but especially if it's good, so I don't have to review the entire first season of Young Sheldon. As I have promised. Yes. If I give the first season or sorry, the third season of Picard a five out of ten or better.
1: Yeah. I mean and you're going to be completely objective, You're going 100%. to be, going to be the very. Thing is,
0: the thing is, I'm going to review every single episode as it airs. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like you know, very objectively, and like we'll talk about it. And you'll you'll be able to challenge me too. You'll be like, really, that's a little low for <laughs> for what you said, or something like that.
1: Oh, so you were you we're going to add up the scores and do like the and average. then aggregate, yeah. Okay. And so
0: and so, I'm not going to be in control of it, and I can't say at the very end. Well, I mean, all my averages add it up to six but overall it's a four I'm not going to be able to do that Yeah, I'm going to hold myself to account here I, I, I am deathly afraid of having to watch the first season of Young Sheldon but I yes. will do it I will do it if Picard is good I'm really betting I mean I'm putting all my money on black and red here you know <laughs> mm-hmm. there's o- only two green spaces can possibly make this good like yeah. there's there's only there's very few routes to making this good Honestly, like one of the only routes I think is killing off the entire cast in one of the first episodes. I think that would be amazing.
1: It would be pretty sick, Um, but watch them do that. You know, you you don't know it could do that. Like, and then like, um, and then like undo it by the end.
0: Um, and and they're all mushroom people like you now.
1: Yeah, Yeah. just Yeah. Just like something stupid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, let's move on to uh, maybe the most hopeful news here, just like uh, kind of an opinion piece that's not really, that I really like. Yeah. Um, so, this article is titled, uh, A Star Trek O'Brien Series Seems Like a Good Idea on Paper. Hell yeah. So, many fans want a Star Trek show built around Worf, but what about Miles O'Brien? Star Trek fans are hoping there are more shows like Star Trek Picard. No, they, they are not. They're yeah, not. there's the that's the lie. So limited run shows that wrap up the stories of some of their favorite characters. One such name we hear a lot is Wharf and a Captain Wharf series that uh, has long been a show that fans and Michael Dorn have championed, but no one who has any money wants to do it. All. Yeah, it's probably not a great idea to be
1: honest. No, I I liked where it ended with DS Nine, where he's like you yeah. know ambassador, and, you know worked, yeah. when the, did, did the mm-hmm. you know. Cause like Martok, you know, chancellor. So he went yeah. to, he wanted to support him.
0: Like yeah. kind of and, left and, Starfleet. And, and yeah, he he basically left Starfleet to like f- live his life as a Klingon because that's yeah. what he always wanted, yeah. which is awesome. And so for him to just like come back to Starfleet, I mean, it's fine if he still holds his rank in Starfleet, but, and I hope that's what happens is like, he is called back and he's like, they're like, Worf, we need you for this specific reason. He's mm-hmm. like, fine, I will leave the house of Martok to do this for you or whatever. Like, yeah. Because I want him to be like living his life as a proud Klingon, like he wanted to. Yes. Because we love that.
1: Do you think they're gonna have a lot of Klingons in season three? I
0: I doubt it, but I want them to. I want if they have Martok, Mm -hmm. I will. I will literally. I if they have Martok in an episode, I will give that episode a five or better, just based on the fact that Martok is in the episode.
1: Wow, and watch it be an ass kicking Martok. Yeah,
0: watch all ten episodes have Martok. <laughs> You're like, no! and, so, and so it's autom- auto- automatically a five or better.
1: <laughs> You're like, God damn it, yeah. Because like you kind of wonder because like are they going to because of uh, that uh, you know Discovery has like the re- the on redesign mm-hmm. and um, and now that and they're, they're they're keeping Worf the way he looked you know with the TNG. Mm-hmm you're know, like we're really like, yeah which it- makes sense
0: I guess Because yeah. you know it's it's still part of that timeline because all the weird looking Klingons come from a hundred years and farther back yeah so yeah and we we still have we seen any uh Klingons on the other side of discovery when they're in the 32nd century I don't think so really. I don't think so yeah and I hope they don't I hope yeah. they don't like reestablish Klingons there at all they don't need to yeah so other names we keep hearing a lot uh, about a standalone series are Catherine Janeway, a Seven of Nine series, which is supposedly in production, mm. and a Deep Space Nine sequel series, which could work in ways. I feel like they should maybe centered around specific people. You know what I'd actually kind of like to see? Mm. Maybe a Jake series, a limited series, mm. but like maybe like a ten or twelve episode run of like. Jake being a war correspondent for something or something.
1: Yeah. It would be nice to have like a non, uh, non-Starfleet perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because like, that's one thing like, uh, Star Trek needs its own Andor. Mm -hmm. Andor fucking rocked as I liked rogue one too, but Andor was really goddamn good Mm -hmm. because it really doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars. There's no one named Skywalker anywhere at all in it.
1: Is there any Jedi or anything? There's no,
0: there's no Jedi. There's no Darth Vader. It's all about like fucking regular people mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe yeah. doing shit, and like it's it's very highly political. It's about like uh like a bunch of thieves and criminals and politicians. So mm-hmm. it's just like political intrigue and shit. Mm-hmm. It's it's bi- honestly, you know what it is? Mm. It's the wire for Star Wars, kind of. Oh hell yeah! It shows like the deep uh systems and like systemic imbalances and stuff within this universe and it like really explores that it is a super leftist show like it is it needs
1: needs a it needs a wire scene where you know the dude's like explaining the game of chess and how it relates to like what they do but it's like with that with the um with that uh that game that they play in star wars with the the little claymation guys (laughs) and that's the king oh yeah Um, or like that's, that's the, uh, you know,
0: <laughs> but by the way, uh, the guy who did the, the design on that, uh, fucking scene, Phil Tippett mm-hmm. released a movie this year. He's, he's the most iconic mm, oh, yeah, uh, production yeah, designer it. basically of all. Oh yeah. Yeah. We did watch it. Yeah. Um, uh, called Mad God. He's he's the guy who uh, did a bunch of effects on Star Wars. He did a mo- like a ton of the models on Blade Runner mm-hmm. that has the best models ever. Yeah. And you know what he did? That's like maybe the coolest shit ever. Mm. He did all of the uh, fucking stop motion for the dinosaurs on the original Jurassic Park. Interesting. Which is sick. Like he did a fucking mm. killer job.
1: He did. Yeah. Like
0: yeah, that's still one of the better looking movies with special effects from that era. Mm-hmm. Straight up.
1: And Mad God is pretty disturbing. Has a lot of uh... Mad
0: God is crazy good. I can't recommend it enough to anybody. If you're easily disturbed, don't watch it because it's mm-hmm. like it's basically like 90 minutes in hell. Yeah, it's like a very interesting version of hell, but it's 90 minutes in hell. Yes, but it's fucking sick. Mm-hmm. It's like it is one of the most imaginative. I I don't know in terms of world building. I don't know if I'd put that or Avatar above one another for, mo- <laughs> for best world building film this year, because mm. both of them built such amazing singular visions that I fuck with so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Both great films.
1: I would also put Titan on there though. The, uh, the, uh, the car fucking um, uh, universe. Seen that yet.
0: Oh really? Yeah.
1: Oh man. That's one of my favorite movies of 2022.
0: Oh really? Maybe you should watch that and review that
1: on here. Yeah. T- well, yeah. Just, yeah. Girl fucking, a, fucking a car.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the USS Titan A. Am I right? <laughs> hey, got him! We hey, uh, We're shutting it down again. We got <laughs> we got two clever people. We're going big time. <laughs> um, so, um, yet one fan created a mock-up poster for a Chief Miles O'Brien series.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, I like that poster. Uh
0: huh. Uh, O'Brien was a recurring character on TNG before moving to a leading role on DS9 in one of the most powerhouse leading roles of all time. Yeah,
1: you rocked
0: it in DS9. Fucking Cole Meany. Like, every—I mean, I'd say every single O'Brien episode is good. There's, there's yes. a couple— that where he's like half of the plot that aren't so good like fascination mm-hmm. like there's some B plot stuff that he's not great in mm-hmm. but that's usually <laughs> not his fault it's never holme's fault it's it's always the writer's fault yes like holme's fucking rocks he does like we, and they could make that series awesome because mm-hmm. we know at this time and you know what they could really do with that is they could make that the starfleet show because we know in canon uh, they say in um Lower Decks way in the future. He's the most important member of Starfleet of all time. Yeah. And we know at this point he's also like retired from active duty and he is a teacher now mm-hmm. uh, at Starfleet. Yeah. He can
1: be Yeah, teaching the the engineering minds of tomorrow.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like they yeah. could do so much cool shit with that. I yeah. would love that. Everyone would love that. Yeah. Um. So he's often cited as a fan favorite from the franchise and fans everywhere have expressed their desire to see more of the character. While he may or may not appear in Picard, we have the perfect show to bring him back in. Um, Miles O'Brien would be perfect for the long-rumored Starfleet series. Oh, wow. So this person agrees with me. I didn't actually mm. read that far. If the man who brought O'Brien to life, Cole Meany, is interested in the turn, we here say, do it. O'Brien is such a likable and relatable character, and putting him in a school setting uh, where he's instructing kids how to behave and act like Starfleet officers and the like would be a show worth watching. Especially considering you could bring back several other characters as well to fit in the new environment. Uh, like his wife and daughter, Keiko and Molly O'Brien. Yeah. I'd love to see a Molly. Especially a grown up hot ass Molly O'Brien. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um Yeah. And, uh, and uh what's what's his other kid? Oh, uh Yoshi. Yoshi, thank you. Yep. Yeah. yeah oh
1: yeah, great. yeah, we not yeah, it's grown yeah. up Yoshi like. I bet Yoshi could be in Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Or maybe or maybe
0: Yoshi was more musically inclined. Maybe he becomes the cello player. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he becomes Yo-Yo-Yoshi Ma. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, not to mention his DS9 best friend, Julian Bashir. Oh, yeah. We would love to see Alexander Siddig and Colmini see, together See, that, that would
1: be a fun, fun that would show. Be- like, just like oh, them. Oh, my God. No. Th- there's just two, old, two older scamps just getting in trouble.
0: Yeah, uh, just like, yeah. The two of them retired and just doing, like, honestly them doing every episode as a new holodeck program <laughs> would rule. Yeah. That would be so cool.
1: Oh, it could be like, uh, be like quantum leap. Yeah. Except, except like they're, they're in the holodeck and they can't control which holodeck program they go into.
0: <laughs> I'm an engineer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: No, I I would like it. Yeah, just like their day to day lives, just kind of just like what Picard should have been, just like Mm -hmm. them, just like getting into low stakes, Mm -hmm. low stakes sci fi scamps and, you know, and and problems. Just like nothing, nothing too serious, just Mm -hmm.
0: them just having fun. Uh, Them having fun, maybe some a few serious things here and there, like the past coming back to them or something just to bring back like cool characters or Mm -hmm. situations, stuff like that.
1: But it happens and then they move on. Yeah. Yeah. But like (laughs) at
0: at the end of the episode or the episode arc, like it's over. They never mentioned it again. There's very few things I don't like when they do that with like hard time. I'm kind of disappointed. they never mentioned, Hey, if I can remember that trauma you have from spending 20 years in a memory. Almost
1: blew your head off. Yeah, Yeah. Like, but yeah, it should end. With them all at the pub, having a pint, yep, laughing about the day's events,
0: playing some darts,
1: playing some darts, darts. and just like and just like having and just like laughing and just like you know and you know just giving a couple like I'm too old for this shits and then like mm-hmm. I could see like yeah like Bashir being like an older playboy. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And so, so I was thinking about it and like why, why is he so beloved and why is he so beloved to so many people? And then I thought about specifically the the people who love him. Mm-hmm. And then I thought like really the people who love him the most aren't like TNG fans. There aren't many people who are like yeah TNG is my very favorite but I love O'Brien. Yeah. You know, it's all DS9 fans. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking a lot like kind of the general rational divide between certain Star Trek shows. And I can I can only firmly almost firmly say this now like TOS is for like the golden generation and the silent generation. It's for mm-hmm. fucking old people, right? Yes. TNG is for boomers and Gen Xers. Mm, yeah. DS9 is for some reason, and also Voyager for some reason, is also very Gen X, right? Yeah. For some reason, DS9, I feel, is the only Star Trek besides Lower Decks now that is kind of actually for millennials. Yeah. And it's written from kind of a very, kind of a young perspective in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least the, the politics follow closely with our age group.
1: Right yeah. Now. Yeah, they do, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, and... Yeah, it's, I think yeah, it's because it's like yeah, there's there's a there's the you know overarching plots and then like that mm-hmm. that but and then like those standalones and it's just like yeah, it's great 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 writing, mm-hmm. interesting writing like shows consequences to like you know the the uh, the exploration of the you know like you know in TG they just move on, never hear from it again and yep. DS9 they got to deal with the consequences yeah because they're stuck they're they're, they're there. stuck they're yeah. there.
0: Yeah. Static
1: station, baby. And it's more, very much more character driven, mm-hmm. I think, than, you know, like, you know, TNG has very well established characters and people. And I mean, all the Trek's do. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel DS9, I feel like, I don't know, really drives home the character stuff. Absolutely. Characters have arcs. Yep. Deep.
0: Characters welcome. Characters welcome. Is that TNG? T or is that USA? <laughs> yeah.
1: <It's a> <laughs> yeah, I think probably USA or
0: something. Right. Like that. Uh, yeah, sounds about right. All righty, moving on in Trek news. From an article here in Daily Star Trek News, uh, the Roddenberry Foundation has teamed up with Planet Labs to send a Star Trek tribute into orbit. Oh, shit. Yeah, so um, this article is from yesterday. So yesterday, a new project was announced, sponsored by the Roddenberry Foundation and an organization called Planet Labs. Planet Labs according to the press release quote is the leading provider of global daily satellite imagery and geospatial solutions unquote broken down that means that planet uses their fleet of satellites in orbit of earth to drive positive global change uh-huh. right uh-huh. users can access planet's software tools and analytics to use imagery of the planet to watch what is happening to the global environment and transform their observations into positive change i guess okay Now, with the support of the Roddenberry Foundation, they are launching a new fleet of Super Dove satellites designed to commemorate Star Trek and its legacy. The satellites will be launching on the SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket, and once in orbit, they'll continue the work of planets' other satellites, taking high-res images. But what makes this new flock of satellites of special interest is that many of them, quote, will be adorned with artwork and quotes that celebrate the legacy of hope and inclusiveness of Star Trek and its creator, Gene Roddenberry, unquote. Planet Lab CEO Will Marshall explained, quote, Launches are always a special milestone for Planet, but this one particularly so. Through Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry inspired the world to look to the stars in wonder and hopeful curiosity. In a similar vein, we at Planet look to space to help life here on Earth, and our honor to partner with the Roddenberry Foundation to use space to help celebrate its legacy. Rod Roddenberry, Gene's son, added, quote, Star Trek showed us a future where diverse peoples come together across differences to work for the common good. We are thrilled to celebrate that vision with Planet by taking the boldly go campaign to space, the final frontier. Huh. Yeah, you look confused.
1: Yeah, it just seems like, uh, I don't know, it just seems like we're just putting more space trash up there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Like, I don't know about the whole high-res taking it. Like, I feel like we have got a lot of fucking shit up there already. Yeah.
1: Whatever. Yeah, we do have a problem with too many satellites. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, but, you know, and, and plus, like, I don't know, I think, like, painting them, like, as to be, I don't know, who's that for? Like, it's not like anyone's going to be up there working on them. Yeah, But, you know, it's a nice little gesture.
0: I guess. So you'll be able to live stream the launch, which is said to be set for later this year with the date and time details forthcoming. DSTN will bring you the latest news on the launch, but in the meantime, you can follow the Planet Labs or Rod Roddenberry Foundation Twitter feeds for up-to-the-minute updates on the launch, as if you fucking care. (laughs) No one fucking cares.
1: Yeah. Damn SpaceX! Right?
0: Um. I don't know. Oh no! Oh no! Uh oh! I got a. I got an article with a fucking. Uh, uh paywall on it. Let's let's, no. let's got a twelve foot ladder. Uh, if you are ever looking for a way to get past paywalls, because paywalls are dumb. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to news. Like, I, what yeah. is fucking news guy, you you stole it from fucking AP Royals <laughs> and re-reported it, and now I have to pay for it? Fuck you. Fuck you. So uh, I'd highly recommend, uh, if you're looking to get behind a paywall, the site 12 uh, Foot Ladder. Google that. It's uh, also 12ft.io. And uh, what it is, it's just, um, you know, the saying, uh, if there's a 10-foot wall they'll just make a twelve foot ladder. Yeah. Which I, I love. Um yeah, it just uh, basically removes paywalls. Cool. Yeah, it's really great. So Oh god damn it. No, don't accept cookies, you son of a bitch. Okay. So this article from the Financial Times conservative mm. paper. Oh uh, boy. Uh says um the Star Trek script for markets in twenty twenty three. Next year could see a resumption of conditions in which economies stagnate while financial markets boom In the Fed, if the Fed pivots soon. Now, this is one of my favorite things um, in all of journalism, is when someone writes on a subject using something that has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. So this, this article is entirely about economics, but it starts... For years, asset markets have been behaving rather like the crew of Star Trek on a mission to boldly go where no man has gone before, reaching new highs and finding new vehicles for speculation. But 2022 was a reminder that, like the cast of the sci-fi series, missions can have casualties. (laughs) In this case, the red shirts, the hapless extras sent down to face the danger with Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock, only to be slaughtered by that episode's monsters. Were the cryptocurrencies which suffered a meltdown culminating in the collapse of FTX? I love this type of article so much. This guy is such you, you an could, insufferable ass. You, could, you asshole. could literally
1: do it with anything. You could put Indiana yeah. Jones in there somehow. Avatar. Or Avatar. Or just like any, any fucking thing, because it literally has nothing to do with the rest Steven of the article. Steven
0: Seagal's the Patriot or Mel Gibson's the Patriot.
1: Yeah, this is this is this is just, definitely just the adult version of here comes the
0: airplane.
1: <laughs> 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 I know you don't want to read about the markets, but you want to read about Star Trek. Oh, but well, what if the markets was Star Trek? Woo, here comes. <laughs> Comes the
0: Star Trek! <laughs> but more conventional assets had their problems too. The S P five hundred index is down sixteen percent at the time of this writing, and the MSCI emerging markets index has dropped by twenty-three percent. The reasons Just for like this- ships would drop out of
1: orbiters.
0: Or- <laughs> The reasons for these setbacks are well-known and interlocked. The first was Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which disrupted energy markets and added a supply shock to uh, existing inflationary pressures. This aggravated a second factor, the struggles of central banks to set the right monetary policy in the face of a combination of rising prices and a hit to consumer demand. Financial, yeah, yeah, blame it on the fucking central banks for not having a right monetary policy and not, I don't know, an upward transfer of wealth and the rich hoarding all of our finances? Yeah. Like, come on. Shut up. Shut up, you bitch. Financial markets have spent the year debating whether central banks would either do little to restrain inflation or do so much that they would crash the economy. Crash it, please. Fucking yes. crash this economy. Like, we need <laughs> something new. This thing crashes every, like, 9 to 12 years Ye- anyway. Yep. It doesn't fucking work. Yeah, We, like, we literally... Have to turn to socialism every time capitalism fails, and it's socialism only for the richest people. Though we fucking yeah. bail out fucking banks and shit like that. It's mm-hmm. like, why is the government doing that? That's not regulation. No. That's that's socialism for the rich.
1: Yeah, we just yeah, just like the the transfer transfer of more wealth to keep them afloat, keep keep the keep the keep the the machine from breaking down yet again, mm-hmm. which is is going to do it again, you know, yeah. but.
0: Uh, Not far. We just need to eject the Warp core. Yes. Shax was right. Eject the Warp Corps. Not far below the surface of this debate was a more pressing long-term question. Given the level of debt built up across the developed economy, is there a limit to the extent of monetary tightening? Ever since the financial crisis of 2007 to 2009, attempts to return interest rates to what have been regarded as normal levels in the late 20th century have been cut short by, quote, market wobbles. No, they haven't, you fucking idiot. Like it was it was Trump like inflating the economy mm-hmm. like artificially by just cutting rates and cutting rates and cutting rates until it was at like a zero percent rate. So places fucking giant financial institutions could borrow money at zero percent mm-hmm. while the rate of inflation was at least 5%, meaning all of those places literally got 5% more money from the government that year on interest, which <laughs> is fucking insane <laughs> when you think about it cuz they also invested that money. So mm-hmm. literally the Trump was like open up the coffers, let the banks take whatever they fucking want. Yeah. And they did. It artificially like raised our economy for a little bit, but then fucking COVID happened and it fucking took off the emperor's clothes yeah. and everyone's like Oh, our entire economy is a fucking house of sand. Yeah. Like, man. Man. So, <laughs> but this article is start going to start to get amazing here. So, oh, nice. Um, attempts to return interest rates to what have been regarded as normal levels in the late 20th century have been cut short by market wobbles. As Scotty regularly used to say of the engine of Star Trek's USS Enterprise, she cannot take it, Captain! (laughs) As a result, fears for the fragility of the financial system are the best source of hope for the bulls. And by bulls, he means uh, the big dudes he pays to fuck his wife and cuck him. (laughs) That is why markets have been desperate for any sign of a pivot by the Fed. That pivot needs not involve a decision by the Fed to cut rates, simply a sign that the pace of rate increases has slowed. At the moment of maximum danger, the markets will be rescued just as Captain Kirk, Spock, and McCoy would be beamed up to their ship in the face of a Klingon
1: attack. Okay. Yeah. Like right now, like this is, this is just getting absurd.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I chose this article. I read like 10 opinion pieces and all of them. I was like, No, there's, there's, there's no, there's nothing. These are all stones. I can't wring any water from them. But then I found this and I'm like,
1: damn, that's fucking juicy. That is juicy as fuck. That's fucking full of pussy
0: juice. I'm gonna wring it out and drink it all.
1: Yeah. Because there's nothing, nothing in this article has anything to do with Star Trek.
0: Or yeah, it's (laughs) it's all about the economy. But this guy is like, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. No one who likes finances is going to like this article no one who likes star trek is going to like this article
1: no and plus like th- that's one thing that's completely absent from the world of star trek is markets
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's just like right and, very tr- 100% and, like,
0: true a hundred percent there's like
1: there's so literally like the, the like the economic system you're describing or this article is about has li- literally nothing to do with star trek it's mm-hmm. we're it's a, 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 a like a, a moneyless cashless soci- post scarcity society <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Um, since the financial crisis of 2007 to 2009, there has been a less healthy combination. Economic growth has been disappointing in the developed world, but that hasn't held back risky assets. Equities, high yield debt, and property have all flourished. Why do you think uh, economic growth has been disappointing in the developed world? you you think like the you know there's NGOs like especially that Bill Gates is really into that he pays billions of dollars to help develop the the developing world Mm -hmm. you think it might be stuff like micro loans that are are crushing the developed world the international monetary fund that is bankrupting individuals and countries with fucking outrageous debt payments that they can't begin to cover Mm -hmm. like no no fuck this (laughs) fuck them fucking idiots a world in which economies stagnate while financial markets boom would have struck Mr. Spock as highly illogical. Mm. Capitalism would have struck Mr. Spock as yeah, highly illogical. He would have
1: been like, "That is that is quite illogical. Why should why 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 is the person why is the per, the owner taking up all the money that the person who creates the value?"
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, he continues, "All the markets want for Christmas is the hope of lower rates. A stronger economy is not really required." Okay. Okay, the market is not a thing. It's not a person. Mm -hmm. The market is a combination of the greediest, shittiest individuals on earth running a Ponzi scheme and and trying to grab the cash they're stealing out of other people's pockets for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? Absolutely what the fuck. So, uh, for things to change, one of three things would need to happen. The first would be for inflation to become entrenched in developed countries, as it did in the 1970s. This is not out of the question. A combination of an aging population and a crackdown on immigration might lead to wage uh, wage price spiral. Which, awesome, cool. So we're going to destroy these developing countries economies even further
1: yeah nothing another another great thing that star trek does yep in, in, in turn <laughs> that, that starfleet does yeah
0: economic colonialism they fucking yeah. love that in they, star trek. yeah
1: they fucking love that shit yeah
0: in turn uh that would eat into corporate profits oh no corporate profits and, and also they're only record <laughs> levels
1: and what's also really funny is like there's literally no no description of ferengi in this mm-hmm. which is like which which are the most hyper capitalist? They're the only capitalist, yeah. <laughs> only capitalists, and they're like, and they're hyper capitalists to a point to be satire and, mm-hmm. and then like do be shown how absurd their existence is in the world of, of the Federation, just mm-hmm. like just how out of date and, and destructive and just like and laughable their ideology is,
0: you know. And maybe that's why <laughs> DS9 was the fucking the show for millennials it's 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 the only anti-capitalist star trek
1: yeah and yeah and we and we you know millennials are getting like the worst (laughs) got the worst of uh of capitalism yeah Yeah, we're,
0: we're stuck in this weird place to where like uh they refuse to give us any like uh technology education in school yeah and so like if we didn't do that on our own we're like fucked to the working class like there is no upward mobility in this world Mm -hmm. unless you know you're good with technology basically and our our fucking educational system resolutely failed us yeah did you have any it courses in in your high school do you you remember Uh, Mm. we had we had cad so we had drafting yeah uh and then we had typing that's it
1: yeah, I think we just had like I think I took, did take like a programming course.
0: That's that's surprising. But I yeah. guess you were East Coast. I was in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like uh so so like uh the most uh the most um patronized class in that entire school. Mm-hmm. Um was Mormon seminary. Hell yeah. No. No, no. I'm just kidding. No. no. <laughs> So they actually, they had a seminary. They had like this little like mini Mormon church right directly across from the school. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you couldn't get credit for it. And uh, like a lot of kids took it zero hours. So they came at like 5.45 in the morning to go to seminary five days a week on top of going to Mormon church on Sunday every day. That's wild. Yeah. Every week, which is like insane. But yeah. uh, yeah, it was uh, – we had a huge contingent of Mormons in our school, and every mm-hmm. one of them took seminary. And so that was, like, the the most taken class in our entire school, and it doesn't even offer credit. Cool.
1: Like, yeah, it's like – I'm glad those people had that, you know. It's like, what what is that, what is that for? <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, ugh. Yeah.
0: So the second possibility, author continues, would be a combination of high energy costs and monetary tightening driving down the markets as well as the economy. Again, this could happen. It happened in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, are you, are you talking another fucking capitalist <laughs> fuel and yeah. energy meltdown? That only happens once every decade or so. Yeah. Damn it. Just a, it's just a normal thing that happens. Yeah. The third possibility would be much more healthy, says the author. Somehow, developed economies might find the productivity improvements that could deliver faster economic growth and a higher standard of living for everybody. Such a combination could be a be good for asset markets as well. Sadly, in the absence of some fantastic technological breakthrough, this seems the least likely outcome of the three. In an ideal world, both the markets and the global economy could, in Spock's words, Ugh. live long and prosper. Oh my God. But all too often in the real world, it is only those in the financial markets that do the prospering. <laughs>
1: Man, no, that was painful.
0: Yeah, uh, I you know I, I I thought the and this was written by a guy named Philip Coggin, so mm. put, put them on your lists, people. Yeah, I'm put just... them on your li- your Christmas list. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean.
1: Visit, your your, vi- St- your Steve Buscemi and Billy Madison list. Yeah,
0: you know, uh, a Christmas <laughs> list. like just show up to his house and give him a a, a present. Maybe yeah. a, maybe a box even a present in a box like uh. I was. There was a guy in uh, who lives in the woods named Ted who gave up presents and <laughs> yeah, boxes. Yeah. I forget his last name, yeah, it was Pol- Polish, I think. Yeah. So yeah, this is, yeah way too many vowels and, yeah. and, and consonants. Mm. We don't deal with any of those. What's but, a what's long and hard and every Polish girl gets it on on her, on her wedding night? A hmm, the last name. A new last name.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I
0: probably told that one to you like a decade
1: ago. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, that that was that was a, such a laborious article just like yeah just Dog, like, I,
0: I had to read it twice all right yeah like that was
1: like that yeah had nothing to do with star trek but yeah and it, and it is funny yeah like no mention of ferengi people
0: no no mention of like when they actually discuss and analyze capitalism within star trek yeah and but but he was only talking about tos and they don't really talk about That's I'm, I'm, i
1: don't think like he even knows anything about star trek i think he just researched like the bare, you know, this culture, is culturally relevant parts because that's what it. No, nothing. Nothing that went deeper than just like mm-hmm. what your average person. Yeah, knows this is about this is right.
0: one of the shittiest high school essays I've ever read. Yes, but, yes. Like if I were a teacher, I would give him a D, and I'd like see uh, I'd write see me after class. Like I wouldn't fail him because it's obviously at least he did the work. But I'd be like, okay, what aren't you getting about Star Trek? Yeah, because <laughs> you you may understand financial markets in a very dim capitalist sense. Yeah. But I don't think you understand Star Trek. So mm-hmm. whereas you might have made have done half of the assignment, you have not watched enough Star Trek to be qualified to discuss it in context of anything else. No. Uh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Failing grade. Big old F. Put yeah. an F in the chat for that fucking article. Boop. Speaking of F, uh, that's, uh, that's about the end of our show. All right. Yeah, that's uh, the that's Trek news for the week. You got anything else to say? No, oh, I'm good. Oh, go watch Avatar 2. It was fucking awesome, man. Yeah, man. Fuck. Fuck.